Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpits. What a difference a day makes. Yesterday, 25 degrees Celsius, very nice, and I was working on my tan. <laughs> and here we are 24 hours later, not even 10 degrees Celsius. Gray, a bit breezy, overcast. It feels more like autumn than early June. Well, it's been some strange days that we've all been experiencing over the last week or so and I've been following politics for 30 years and I've been a Christian almost 20 and to see some of the pictures that have been coming out of America and also Britain incredibly disturbing and of course I am referring to George Floyd an American who was restrained and as he was being restrained fell ill was rushed to hospital and of course he died since then, four police officers have been charged uh, with his murder. Many reports are coming out of the states that Mr. Floyd may perhaps have been a Christian. In which case, you've got the old man and the new man. Oh, wretched man that I am, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't do, I do. Of course, more will come out during his trial in around a year or two. But some of the reaction from America from politicians and in Britain from politicians I guess the most shocking pictures as far as Britain is concerned would be what I saw last night online British police officers outside of Downing Street and in and around Whitehall kneeling in the presence of protesters and some American police officers doing the same in America shocking this picture of submission and of course the protesters have been for the most part rowdy and disruptive and also quite violent some police officers in britain last night were assaulted in and around london and especially whitehall police officers have been murdered in america going back to floyd's arrest and the tactics used by shavin officer shavin and he's on suicide watch apparently his wife has divorced him and already his family is falling apart disintegrating going back to what i said in my last video to pray for his family and also for floyd's family but if that wasn't bad enough and of course politicians jumping on the bandwagon wagon uh making the most of it trying to give trump a black eye democrats rubbing their hands with glee and even in this country politicians mainly from the left wanting to give boris johnson a black eye wanting to see how far they could push the british prime minister or the american president from the american perspective of course shamefully exploiting the death of george uh floyd and even members of the royal family are now coming out and saying we need to do this we need to do that like Meghan markle and yet where were these people when fgm was at its peak where were these people when domestic violence was going through the roof where were these people when people were having nervous breakdowns or where were these people when you had black people killing black people in the uk the metropolitan police scotland yard have a unit called operation trident most people don't even know what trident is all about but trident set up by scotland yard maybe 10 15 years ago has one sole purpose and its sole purpose is to stop black people killing black people parts of london are out of control 
And I guess the fear is, is that these demonstrations will start to spread and people in the UK and US will feel a level of solidarity, I suppose. And people are going to start to <coughs> get injured and perhaps even die. If Floyd was saved, if he was saved, and I can't say either way, but if he was saved, he'd be telling people today to get off the streets, get home and allow this to run its own course. So that's from the uh, social wing of things, I suppose. What they call that, socius, social justice warriors, SJWs, and yet, like I say, FGM, no interest in that. Child brides being sold to older Islamic men, no interest in that. Grooming gangs, Muslims grooming mainly white working class girls, no interest in that. And yet, one black man, dies in America at the, uh, as a result of being restrained from Chavin or Chavin, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and the entire world is in an uproar. How about what's going on in Hong Kong? How about what's going on over, uh, going on over there? The Chinese people, the Chinese government, I should say, are about to take full control uh, from Hong Kongers. Taiwan has got two Chinese aircraft carriers off its coast, people are starving. In India, you've got people in India targeting Indian boys. It's not just male paedophiles who go after young girls, you've got male paedophiles who go after young boys. But who cares about such people? Well, I thought I'll come up to the pulpit this morning, even though it feels like uh, January <laughs> and not June, and uh, speak about intercession Roman Catholic <coughs> intercession. <coughs> the reason for this is mainly for two reasons. First of all, because we are a former Catholic ministry, ex-Catholic ministry, and our purpose is to reach out to Roman Catholics to get them saved. Just because somebody goes to church, just, be, just because somebody prays in church or occasionally glances at a Bible doesn't mean they are a Christian. I want to come up to the pulpit anyway for about a week or two and actually make this video, but I saw some pictures day before yesterday which really uh, shocked me concerning Donald Trump with his Catholic wife going to a building like a museum somewhere near the White House to not only meet religious people and of course he's been to two churches in the last two or three days one was, in a, uh, one was an apostate Episcopal church and he stood up or we sit outside this church, held up a Bible, was heavily criticised for that. I don't know why he can go wherever he wants to go, after all. And that was one uh, trip that he was criticised for. But he went to another place a day later. And I know how politicians work. I've been following politicians, unfortunately, for 30 years. And I think we would probably overlook Trump going to this particular building to... Uh, be seen. It is election year after all. After all, uh, but he went inside this building, met a nun, and that wasn't bad enough. Headed towards a statue of the late John Paul II, and I'll speak about him in a few minutes. Got closer to the statue of John Paul II, got on his knees with his wife, and prayed to the statue. Now. We can understand Trump wanting to be seen 
out and about during this ongoing incident to be seen. That's normal. Contrast that to Boris Johnson, who hasn't been seen much at all in the last three or four months since he came out of hospital. But to get on, your, or to get on his knees in the uh, presence of a statue with his wife and pray to that statue, what non-Catholics probably don't realize is that when somebody is made a saint in the Church of Rome, like John Paul II was back in 2014, Catholics can pray to that person. Most people, if they're not Catholic or have never been a Catholic, don't understand how Catholic intercession works. <coughs> it's basically another route uh, to heaven. Catholics don't go straight to God. They approach him, as it were, via saints, via idols, statues, relics, so on and so forth. And I got thinking about that late last night, and I thought, I wonder if Donald Trump has converted to Roman Catholicism. I remember when uh, Tony Blair was leaving Downing Street back in 2007. People were saying at the time, has he converted to Catholicism? Like Trump, very religious, had an affiliation with churches, would go to mass with his wife regularly, as does Trump with his wife. And Downing Street would say, no, it's not true. There's no announcement to make that. Blair has converted to Catholicism. And of course, he left office 2007. And very soon after leaving office, it was announced that Blair had converted to Roman Catholicism. And I just wonder if Trump has converted to Catholicism. I mean, look at it this way. He sees his wife probably every day. I assume they have the same room. I assume they share the same bedroom. I assume it's a normal marriage. And he watches his wife and Peter says that if you have an unsaved husband, he will observe you, your chaste conversation. He will see how you operate. And if Melania really has got into Roman Catholicism in a big way, and I think she probably has done, he'd watch his wife over the last several years get more religious and maybe maybe perhaps that's done something to change his mind i don't know when he first became the american president one of the first places he went after saudi arabia which was the first place he would visit unfortunately uh, he went to rome he went to the vatican and i thought at the time this is very interesting what are the places to go to for new american presidents he goes straight to the vatican took his wife with him took uh, ivanka with him took uh, her husband with her. It was a family affair. Even when Jack Kennedy was the American president, he would wait a good 18 months before he went to the Vatican to visit the Pope, Paul VI, of course. And of course, Jack Kennedy was an American, uh, was a Roman Catholic American. So you would expect him, wouldn't you, to pay homage to his Holy Father. So I'm just wondering if just perhaps Trump has converted or is in a process of converting. I mean, Donald Trump, alpha male, very flamboyant, and I like him on a personal level. Some people think I don't, but I do. I like him on a personal level. I like Boris Johnson on a personal level. I like the way these guys deal <coughs> with uh, left-wing politicians, uh, but I don't get too close to either of them. I am suspicious by nature. But let's begin, if we may, in 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. 
And like I say, it's interesting to watch someone like Trump. Boris Johnson, on the other, on the other hand, is probably an atheist. His girlfriend uh, slash lover is a Buddhist. Um, so we know where we stand with Boris Johnson. Theresa May, so-called Anglican, and yet we're going to mosques, cover her hair, wear the hijab, and show her deferential respect to Islam. And was it late last year, Boris and his girlfriend went to a Sikh temple and uh, she wore the uh, sari, is it? The Indian clothing. And I think I seem to remember that Boris had the third eye on his forehead. I can't and won't endorse that. I can't support that. I'll tell you something else. Last year, before the general election, which was called uh, end of last year, around Christmas time, I wanted to see who my local member of parliament was. I was curious to know who he was, what he was, what his voting record was. <coughs> Did he endorse LGBT? Because Boris does, and so does Donald Trump. Uh, where did he stand on same-sex marriage? Boris is pro it, so is Donald Trump. And I discovered, to my disappointment, that this particular chap took a donation from the Catholic bishops in Britain. And when I saw that, I thought, I can't vote for him, I can't support him. And I didn't vote for him. And I don't regret not voting for him. Either we have principles or we don't. Either we are consistent or we are not. We expect Democrats, Catholic Democrats, on this country, members of the uh, Labour Party, if they are Roman Catholic, to go to their shrines and do their deeds and their beads. We expect the current British Foreign Secretary or the Speaker of the House to go to their shrines and worship Mary. And I'm speaking about Jacob Rees-Mogg and Dominic Raab. We expect those guys to do that. And of course, both those guys are conservatives. And yet they're both papists. So we know where we stand with those guys. Uh, we don't expect anything else from them, but to see Trump, a Protestant, so-called born again, go to a shrine, go to a, uh, a Catholic building near the White House, get on his knees and pray to a statue, to see an alpha male do that is so unusual. So I just wonder if perhaps Donald Trump has converted or is in the process of converting. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, their son, Baron, followed his mother and became a Roman Catholic. I don't know. But I'll tell you something else. That, or I'll tell you something in addition to that. Those pictures that he put on his Twitter channel. And those pictures which the official White House photographer took. Won't help him. A lot of Christians, former Catholics like myself, who are now born again, will, will see those pictures. And be very disappointed. And we'll be praying that he repents and takes those pictures down. But if he's converted. If he has. And I say if he has. <coughs> then you've got a Catholic president concerning indeed but let's look at intercession let's look at what is right and what is wrong the church of rome have been so successful in recent years uh attracting high profile people mother Teresa almost almost managed to convert princess diana came very near melania trump like i say converted crossed the street tony blair crossed the street and uh, most of your anchors on Fox News are Roman Catholic, very deferential. Most of your ministries, churches, are pro the Catholic Church. Jack Van Impey had to eat his words around 15, 16 years ago for 40 plus years. Stood against Rome, would link arms with Ian Paisley, 
And then when the money stopped coming in, Van Impey, along with Hank Hanegraaff and other apostates, crossed the street and became very ecumenical. There were very few preachers left. And I mean big ministries, household names that would dare call out the whore of Rome or say that the Church of Rome is the whore of Rome. They wouldn't dare do so. So we are really living at the end of the church age. But let's begin, if we may, in 2 Kings chapter 2, like verse 9. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, <clears throat> before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. You better ask me now <coughs> what you want, because once I go to glory, you can't pray then. It's here. It's now. It's not in the afterlife. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. There's no chance that you can ask from me your request after I have died. You better ask now. The concept of being able to go to a saint, approach a saint, to bypass the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the mediator, the only mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, is sacrilegious. It is abhorrent. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. I want what you've got. I want your anointing. But I want a double blessing. I want a double portion of thy spirits to be upon me one more time. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. Make your petition known to me now, before I be taken away from thee, before I am raptured, removed, to go to glory, paradise. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, removed, raptured from you, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. I can't answer your prayer once I've been removed, but I can on the basis that you see me go up. And if you see me go up, I will answer your prayer. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He goes up. Incidentally, there's no blood anywhere. Peter Upman once said this. He said, when the rapture comes, there'll be blood all over the place. A somewhat ridiculous statement to make. Of course, the rapture will happen, and it will happen before the tribulation. But there's nothing in scripture to suggest that once we are removed that our blood disappears from our body and yes it's true flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god but it's obvious once the rapture has taken place that we are translated we are changed came to pass as they still went on and taught that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He goes up to heaven. Enoch went up into heaven. 
So you've got two characters, incidentally. You've got Enoch, who goes up and never dies, a picture of the church-age saint. Elijah goes up, comes back later with Moses, is martyred with Moses. So he dies, and that's a good picture of a tribulation saint who is martyred during the Great Tribulation, of course. And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. My father, my father. Sometimes great people say things they should not. Jesus said, Call no man on earth your father. You have one father which is in heaven. Call no man master. And also call no man rabbi. You have one rabbi, which of course is the Lord Jesus Christ. Clerical titles are prohibited. To see John Paul II, first of all being made a saint, which is found nowhere in scripture, only God makes saints, not mankind. That, that wasn't bad enough. To see statues being erected of him all over the world. To see the American president want to go to one of his statues during this particular incident, ongoing and during election year, to feel comfortable enough to genuflect in the presence of a statue, to pray to the statue. Intercession is pretty shocking, but on top of that, this wasn't a private visit. If it was, no big deal. We would never know. We would overlook it and say it's his own business. When Blair became a Roman Catholic, there were no pictures released. It was a private affair. Fine. No problem with that. He'd left office. No problem with that whatsoever. But this was a public event. It's like he was rubbing our noses in it. Those of us which are former Catholic, trying to get Catholics saved. Those of us which try and follow the scripture. And of course the main sin in scripture, as you all know, is idolatry. So to see that was shocking. And yet I wonder what Trump and his wife even know about John Paul II. Came from Poland, worked very closely with the communists in Poland. Around the same time, Another uh, cardinal in uh, Poland, a guy called Stefan uh, Wyszynski. I may have slightly mispronounced that, but there were two uh, cardinals in Poland. You had Wattila, Karol Wattila, later known as John Paul II, and Stefan Wyszynski. That sounds a bit more uh, <laughs> like it should sound. Both in Poland at the same time. Uh, Stefan was arrested. Stefan was held... Uh, on and off for a long period of time, had it pretty rough. And he was always suspicious of Carol Attila, how he was able to rub along with the communist leaders. And of course, 1978, 79, the year three popes, off they go to Rome to vote for the next pope when uh, Paul VI died. John Paul I replaced Paul VI. Uh, Paul, uh, JP1, John Paul I, was probably poisoned. Uh, due to his desire to open up the bank, Vatican Bank. And he was saying a lot of things which were dangerous to the ears of the Vatican, like Jack Kennedy was saying, like, let's get rid of the uh, CIA and allow the army to run the CIA. And those that were running the CIA at the time said, we can't put up with this maverick president. And of course, they took out John F. Kennedy. John Paul I, same sort of a thing. Let's open up the bank, the Vatican Bank. Let's do this, let's do that, let's sell off. What we have, give to the poor, so on and so forth. And they said, no way, we can't wear that. And after 33 days, 33 days, 
How many levels in Freemasonry? 33. John Paul II was poisoned, found dead, embalmed almost straight away, no chance of an autopsy, a post-mortem, as we say. And then, of course, another conclave was called, and John Paul II was elected the new pope. I doubt very much that Melania knows all about this, or Donald Trump, and I find it staggering that somebody like Trump, who, like I say, I do appreciate, and I support and pray for him in many different ways, as, as I do for my own prime minister, and those who are trying to do something positive, I find it staggering that he can see through the left-wing media, call them out, take on China like nobody else has done, stand up for his country, make his country rich again, wealthy again, respected again, and I salute him for that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I wish our uh, politicians would do the same for Britain. And yet he's been a friend to Israel, and I support him for that. And he's reopened links with, uh, or he's, he's further opened links with uh, Israel. He's moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv, to Jerusalem and I salute him for that great news and he'll be blessed for that immensely but I don't know why he doesn't see through the church of Rome doesn't want to can't see through it he's seen a change in his wife but sadly his wife isn't saved and sadly his wife has taken him down the wrong route a bit like uh, Nancy Reagan would do with her husband a, uh, a uh, chap called Ronald Reagan of course Ronald Reagan who worked with a guy called uh, Donald Reagan and of course, when he was shot, Ronald Reagan, uh, his wife Nancy was working closely with Donald Reagan to run the White House. And uh, she had a lot of authority over the White House. And she was able to get her husband to bend here and there and uh, become more uh, friendly, shall we say. And of course, around that same time, Billy Graham was, uh, Billy Graham was called to the White House and Billy was asked for, uh, by Ronald Reagan what to do about the Vatican. They thought the world of John Paul II, the American government, went to America twice, came here once. Politicians were falling over themselves to greet the man from Rome, who spoke 26 languages, a very colourful character, and yet if you crossed him, you were excommunicated. Never once would he condemn the IRA, never once would he excommunicate Catholic terrorists in Ulster, or the Basques, the Basque party in Spain or the group over in South America, whose name escapes me, never once would he excommunicate those people, condemn those people, and yet would call someone like me a rapturous wolf, an ex-Catholic like myself, another ex-Catholics like myself, rapturous wolves for trying to get Catholics saved, and yet we're supposed to sit back, are we, and overlook Trump's sin of praying to a statue? I don't think so. And you should be angry as well if you are born again Christian. The Word of God says that the Catholic Church is the whore of Rome. It identifies her. It says that she is guilty of the blood of the prophets and the apostles. We can all call out injustices. We can say that there have been uh, police, there's been police uh, brutality in America, and yes, that's probably so. And there's been problems in this country, absolutely so. But Christians, for the most part, have been held back, kept down blasphemed, ridiculed, passed over for promotion, singled out, made to look like uh, something undesirable. We don't say much, if anything at all. We wear it, we put up with it. We're told to suffer for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So people should be concerned, people should be worried. But John Paul II was a miserable man, a blasphemer, allowed people to, uh, to bow down and worship him, call him Holy Father, travel the world, never once preached about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, never once explained how to be saved. And when priests tried to expose paedophiles in the church of Rome, they were frozen out, pushed out. So, so to see him, to see him made a saint, to see the most powerful man in the world and his wife bow down and pray to a statue of a man like that who's burning in hell right now is disgusting. It's just appalling. Uh, look at verse 12 again. And Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father. Now it could be there's an age gap here as well. It could be that Elisha is much younger than Elijah. Paul would say that Timothy was his son after the common faith, but never once was Paul called father. Nowhere in the word of God are the apostles called father this or father that. And nowhere in the word of God uh, would the apostles allow themselves to be addressed as father. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual term in a sense. And yet strictly speaking, the description here from verse 12 would be prohibited in Matthew chapter 23. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. A sign of great uh, sorrow. He's lost his spiritual father. Uh, Paul says he had begotten many sons over in 1 Corinthians. So if you get somebody saved, if I get somebody saved, if anyone gets somebody saved and they are a brother in the Lord, you have spiritual sons. I have spiritual sons. You have spiritual sons if you've led anybody to the Lord. But they don't call you father. And nor do you allow them to call you father. Because again, it goes against Matthew 23. Jump down to verse 13. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him I went back and stood by the bank of Jordan, the mantle, like a cloak, like a garment of some kind. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. So like Moses, like Joshua, and also Elijah. Now it's down to Elisha to continue in some ways the ministry of Elijah in some ways the Apostle Paul followed in the footsteps of the master and continued the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ the Church of Rome have always failed to delineate between Peter's ministry and Paul's ministry and they don't know the difference between the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God either we go back to verse 9 again and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before, before, before I be taken away from thee. No chance to pray to me after I have, after I have died. No way to approach me once I am in glory. Anything you have, you go to the Lord for. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. I want what you've got, but double. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Absolutely. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be. So we could say this, that this is a good picture of prophetic uh, continuation or prophetic succession. And it's true back in the Old Testament, there was a picture of that, uh, like Moses to uh, Joshua, 
Elijah to Elisha, but for the New Testament, you don't find that at all. And I'll show you that and prove it in a few uh, moments' time. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and part of them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, third heaven. So he's in heaven today. Enoch is in heaven today. These are the only two people that I can think of that are with the Lord or went straight to be with the Lord upon death. Everybody else went into the ground, Abraham's bosom, but these two characters, Enoch and Elijah, went straight to heaven. Like I say, Enoch will never die. Elijah is a good picture of somebody who will uh, be martyred in the tribulation. And of course, Elijah and Moses will be beheaded by the Antichrist. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father. He's overcome with grief, to be fair to him. This isn't a doctrinal statement either. It's not like he, the Lord is saying, Call anybody you want father. Many times in Scripture, people say things and do things which God doesn't want them to do, didn't tell them to do. But here you got a man, very affectionate towards Elijah, and he's calling him, My father, my father. Be like, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. Be like the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't see him. We live by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Our faith wouldn't be much if we were seeing him every day, speaking to him every day. We live by faith, not by sight. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. In a sense, we could spiritualize this and suggest this, that this is a great picture of a man coming of age, throwing off his old nature, putting on the Lord's nature, the Lord's righteousness, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul would say. And it could be, like I say, that Floyd was saved, but never really got control of his old nature, his old man, and was detained by the police and of course you know the rest it is now major news all over the world he also he took him up also the mantle of elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of jordan and he took the mantle of elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said where is the lord god of elijah you've been with him dear lord please be with me when he also had smitten the waters they parted hither and thither and elijah went over like the children of Israel would do from Exodus chapter 15 and when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha and they came to meet him and bow themselves to the ground before him go to Psalm chapter 32 so that sets a precedent in scripture that if you have any request Make it known now, not after somebody has passed away. And of course, in the context, that is uh, physical uh, intercession. I can pray for you, you can pray for me, but if I was to die today, or if you were to die today, nobody should be praying to anybody who's in heaven today. Uh, it's abhorrent, it's condemned in both testaments. Like I say, the president has been set in 2nd Kings chapter 2 
Uh, Psalm 32, Psalm 32, and please join me this coming Sunday as I continue to work through the book of Psalms. It's been a great start to my three to five year project, <laughs> reading through the book of Psalms. And I will aim to finish the first Psalm, Psalm chapter one, God willing, uh, this coming Sunday. Psalm 32, Psalm 32, look at verse five. David speaking, of course. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou, and thou forgavest iniquity of my sin, Selah. So David, middle parts of the Old Testament, is building on what we just read concerning Elijah and Elisha. And King David, a real Jew, doesn't waste five minutes praying to his relatives or friends of the family or Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the great patriarchs. And nor does he spend five minutes praying to Melchizedek a Gentile uh, priest, way back in Genesis, I acknowledged my sin unto thee. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, nobody else, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. People don't know this. Catholics don't know this. Your average Catholic has no idea about this. Your average Catholic is hoping, hoping for heaven upon death, but is bracing himself or herself for purgatory and of course for the church of rome if you don't live it after you are baptized you lose your salvation and go to hell forever so in spite of all the good works all the good deeds they don't believe you can be forever safe in the arms of the lord jesus christ you are condemned throughout your entire time as a catholic you have to be faithful unto death and if you're not faithful unto death and how do you measure that how in the world do you measure faithfulness I mean, Muslims are praying every Friday in their mosques for the light. Show us the way, they say. Show us the way. And every Friday, the mullahs get up, the imams get up, the leaders of the mosque get up, and they pray with their parishioners, their members. And it's like, help us out, Allah, until next Friday. And yet they too will go to hell based on their own teachings. They're not good enough, holy enough. 32.5 again. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. So David knew what to do. Elisha knew what to do. Elijah knew what to do especially. Verse 6. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto him. Don't pray to your favorite priest, your favorite cardinal, your favorite pope. And again, I know this is election year in America and Trump needs votes from Catholics and apostate Protestants. I understand that. I've been following politics for 30 years. I know how these guys think and behave. We had all this with uh, Blair going to church being very uh, very uh, religious and on one occasion he was asked by a british anchorman journalist he said to blair do you pray with bush and old blair looked so uncomfortable and he said why are you asking me this question which is a fair thing to say in response you wouldn't ask that to a muslim would you or a freemason or a jew and this atheist reporter said no i just want to know you both say you are christians bush said he's born again you say you are religious, 
and I don't know much about religion, that's what he was probably thinking, do you pray to, do you pray together? And old Blair refused to answer the question. And what was it, 2005? John Paul II died. Blair went to uh, Rome with his wife. But around that same time, you had three American presidents fly to Rome. George H. Bush, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Condoleezza Rice, Baptist woman. Her father was a pastor back in the 1960s. Her father condemned Martin Luther King, said he was a communist agitator. Her father would be looking at what's going on in America today in absolute horror. Long dead, of course. Laura Bush, an atheist, would pretend to the American people that she was a religious person, and yet she was an atheist. And you've got three American presidents in Rome, 2005, kneeling, genuflecting, two or three feet away from a stinking corpse. John Paul II was dead, of course. I thought, what in the world is going on? Not one, not two, but three American presidents, one a sitting president, and they were there for several days as well. 32, five again. I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, not Mary, not Pope John Paul II, not Cardinal Spellman or Roger Mahoney. And now forgive us the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time, in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Go to Acts chapter 12. Catholics are victims for the most parts of their religion. And yet cowards, Protestant cowards, evangelical cowards, uh, for the most part, are silent, don't want to rock, uh, rock the boat, don't want to bite the hand that feeds them, would rather say nothing. And yet, I tell you what, had that been Biden or Pelosi uh, praying to a statue, I would have called it out. Had it been Blair or Rob or Reese Mogg praying to a statue, I would have called it out. But we expect Catholics to do this, don't we? We expect Catholics to pray to statues. We expect them to worship Mary. We expect that. It doesn't surprise us, but we don't expect Protestants or new Christians to do just that. Which makes me wonder if Donald Trump has converted to Roman Catholicism. I do wonder. Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12. Let's keep building on this. Look at verse five. Peter therefore was kept in prison. Peter was kept in prison. He's been detained by Herod type of the Antichrist when Christ came the first time Rome were in charge when he comes a second time Rome is in charge Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him why not pray to Stephen he's been martyred back in chapter 7 why not pray to blessed John the Baptist he'd been dead for many years and by the time we get to the end of this chapter James, son of Zebedee, will be martyred. Why not pray to him as well? Oh no, the church doesn't do that. Unlike the church of Rome, the early church are praying to the Lord. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So go back to the Old Testament. Elijah, Elisha, 
Ask me now what you want, not when I die. I can't hear you, I want to go to heaven. To pray to the dead is condemned. The sin of necromancy. Uh, got a bumblebee flying around the camera, so. Uh, condemned, outlawed. David, middle parts of the Old Testament. Doesn't waste five minutes, like I say, praying to dead people. Although they may be in heaven. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are certainly in heaven, but he goes straight to the Lord. Direct link to heaven. And here, 12.5 again. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So why don't these papists see this? Because they hate the Bible. The church of Rome hate the Bible. This book is a huge distraction for them. The accounts of Trent said back in the day, if a Catholic wanted to read the Bible, which would, would be pretty unusual, but if they did want to read the Bible back in the day, they would need written permission. Written permission from a bishop, only access to a Catholic Bible, and even then under the supervision, supervision of a Catholic bishop. After the, the uh, Spanish Civil War, Bibles are given to Catholic children, and after the Civil War took place, which Franco won, a fascist Roman Catholic, those poor children went back to their homes and they had to give their Bibles back to the priests. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto Mary. No. Jump all the second. No. Padre Pio. No. Unto God. So three times in the word of God. You're told clearly to pray to God. Make your prayers and requests known unto God. And I mean God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, incidentally. And yet to see Protestants like Trump and others falling over themselves. In fact, I saw a video a few months ago of the Archbishop of Canterbury going to Walsingham, near Norfolk. A Marian shrine. And he's almost falling over himself to applaud Mary, the so-called Queen of Heaven. He's head of the Church of England. Of course, he's just as wicked as his predecessors. But you see what's going on, can't you? Biblical Christianity is basically dying out it will always be here of course the remnants will always be here but it won't be like it used to be just 10 20 30 years ago uh, famous preachers that are now dead would call out the church of rome would highlight the sins of the church of rome catholics would hear the gospel from those brave people respond to the gospel from those brave people and come out of the church of rome but now such people are either dead or they've been compromised or sold off and now very few people are calling out what we are now seeing. But I won't remain silent. I know for some people this isn't something they want to hear. Some people are very touchy and sensitive uh, when a foreigner like me calls out what has taken place over the last couple of days. But if we overlook what he's done, then how are we going to pull up what other people do? If anybody else was to do that, we would and have done. We'd flag it up, 
we would speak against it because it's a sin. It's sacrilegious. Idolatry is a terrible sin. The early church prayed to God, went straight to God, didn't go to Philip, didn't go to Stephen, didn't go to John the Baptist. David went straight to God, didn't go to Abraham, Isaac or Jacob or anybody else. And Paul, right at the end of the uh, New Testament, be careful for nothing, but in everything, without exception, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, or with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So why people don't see this is a worrying question. I know the answer for it, because the Church of Rome, hate the Bible, have been undermining it for centuries. They put the Jesuits together to push back on the Bible. And unfortunately, Trump, in his mind, probably thinks he's doing the right thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he watches his wife every night praying to Mary and thinks that is a Christian behavior. In fact, go to first Peter. I partly quoted it uh, a little while ago. I think it's first Peter chapter three from memory. Uh, This is why it's so important to read the Bible, if you are a new Christian, to think with your head, not your heart. We have the mind of Christ, let's use it. Let's not be uh, double-minded. Let's be consistent. Let's not overlook the sins of those that we like. Let's call them out. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, by your behaviour. While they behold your chaste conversation, uh, chaste conversation, coupled with fear, carefully watching you, Melania praying to Mary every night, Trump watching his wife praying to Mary every night. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning, of plaiting the hair, and a wearing of gold, and a putting on of apparel, of course, she, she dresses very nicely and very smartly, of course. But a biblical woman would dress a bit more conservatively, not so ostentatiously. But let it be the hidden manner, excuse me, but let it be the hidden man of the hearts, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. She's quiet, she's meek. She's a very gracious woman, incidentally, Melania Trump. And I will speak in defense of her and other people uh, when it's acceptable. For the most part, a decent couple trying to rescue their country. Even Boris isn't as bashful as those on the left who continually knock him down and make fun of him. But here I just wonder if these verses have inadvertently led to Trump converting to Roman Catholicism. I hope I am wrong. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. And yet most Catholic women of working age are not in uh, subjection or submission to their fathers, or their husbands, I should say. Oh, their fathers as well, but here in the context of their husbands. Such are feminists working full-time jobs, choosing their careers over their children. 
Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, unsaved, they also may be they may they also may without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. And of course, here Peter wants you to get saved, but sometimes people can watch a religious person and convert to the wrong church. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the hearts in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is the which is in the sight of God of great price. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. A Christian woman submits to her husband, doesn't dress uh, too lavishly, washes the feet of the poor, 1 Timothy chapter 5, keeps home, Titus chapter 2, so nobody can criticize her, nobody can pull her up. And she sets a good example with the hope that her husband gets saved. But perhaps, just perhaps, Donald Trump has watched his wife and thinks, no, maybe she is a Christian woman. And maybe what she's got, I need. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And wherever you are in the world, if you can, preach the gospel. I have written to uh, politicians, politicians over the years. When I first got saved, I wrote to Tony Blair. Sent some tracks to him. I remember reading about uh, Ian Paisley, the old Calvinist firebrand, who also crossed the streets when he got older and was a lot softer towards Roman Catholicism. Even Paisley tried to witness to Blair in a roundabout way. But as far as you know, Blair said a Catholic, a papist. And yet what's really strange about these Catholics who convert is that they are pro-LGBT, pro-abortion, pro-Islam. And at the Church of Rome officially, is anti-LGBT, anti-abortion, of course they're pro-Islam, they're pro the ecumenical movements, and you've got people in America who convert to Catholicism, so-called uh, conservatives, and yet they are pushing liberal beliefs, li liberal uh, views, and yet they're not marching with these people at the moment, are they? I haven't seen uh, Meghan Markle march, I haven't seen uh, Joe Biden march, I haven't seen a Pelosi march, or Melania, for that matter, march. The Archbishop of uh, Washington condemned Trump uh, for going to pray to John Paul II because the Church of Rome is on the left now. Trump, in some ways and in some areas, is on the right. And the Episcopal Bishop on the left condemned Trump for going to the church, which was targeted by looters, criminals, because the churches are on the left for the most part. Politicians, nearly all of them, are on the same page as the churches, and the churches are on the same page as the politicians. You wonder, who, you wonder sometimes who's following who? Are the priests following the politicians, or are the politicians following the priests? Who knows who cares? But just three verses, or three parts of the Word of God this morning, from a pretty depressing, overcast, open-air pulpit, showing anyone who's got eyes to see and ears to hear that we pray to the Lord, we go straight to the Lord, we don't pray to statues, whoever we are. We don't pray to John the Baptist or Mary or any famous person. We don't pray to John Calvin or Martin Luther or Dietrich Bonhoeffer or anybody else who's passed away or William Tyndale or John or John, uh, John Huss. We don't pray to those people. We pray to God and only to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything else is an abomination, is completely unacceptable. And I'll say one final thing before I sign out. You people 
that are privileged living in mansions in Malibu and uh, Beverly Hills and uh, Manhattan trying to stir up trouble getting people to lay their lives down in honor of George Floyd you should be ashamed of yourselves Floyd may have been a Christian man may have been I say may have been and if he was a Christian man he'd have no interest in you people living in your mansions calling on poor people for the most part to pay a huge price on top of that it's criminality it's out of order it's anarchy I like to take some of these protesters and ship them over to, uh, to uh, China or Russia or North Korea and see how they get on over there in Britain in America in fact even two days ago the Canadian president uh, the Canadian Prime Minister was asked about the riots in America and he stood there for 21 seconds like a dummy couldn't respond to the question I thought yeah you asked him about LGBT or abortion or same-sex marriages and same-sex adoptions which Trump's in favor of and so is Boris Johnson incidentally old Justin Trudeau would uh, give you a 50-minute lecture about how good it is how right it is and yet when it comes to a question like Floyd uh, being held down and how sensitive it is and of course he's worried that it could spread to Canada sits in his hands doesn't say a word don't follow men put no confidence no faith in the sons of men in whom there is no help follow the Lord Jesus Christ because once you start to take on politicians once you start to speak up for politicians it's now down to you to speak up for them all of the time I won't do that I appreciate Boris I appreciate Donald Trump and like I said I've, already listed, I've listed some of the reasons why but I won't go any further than that and when they sin and they do sin we'll call it out we called out Boris going to that Sikh temple a joke and we called out Trump going into a Catholic church or a monument in honor of a awful Pope who like I say never condemned the IRA allowed people to call him Holy Father fired and excommunicated priests for blowing the whistle on pedophile priests in his church and was always considered to be uh, suspicious when he was in uh, Poland and uh, Stefan Stefan Wyszynski said to himself I wonder if he's a stooge for the communists and of course he became the Pope 1979 and was very close to Russia and other countries ramped up the social gospel elevated worship of Mary when he was shot back in 83 84 and almost died credited Mary for saving him would pray to Mary each and every day I think I'm pretty confident in saying this that I'm now uh, concerned enough to say that I think we are going to see a huge return to Catholicism more people are going to convert to the Church of Rome and voices like my own will be silenced snuffed out and people are going to go closer to Rome and they're not careful they're going to perish with the whore of Rome in hell forever and I hope I'm wrong when I say that but I will sign it now and I wish you every peace and blessing in the wonderful name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ Amen and Amen